14 verses 1 through 12. Paul is speaking. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat. For God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall. And they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God. While those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Judge not, lest ye be judged. Is the scripture I absolutely grew up hearing. The nugget is Matthew 7, verse 1. It's a little bit like Away in a Manger lyrics. I don't know when I never knew them. Both must have been in the water, as the expression goes, just part of the fabric of my growing up years. I'm sure I had Sunday school teachers and parents who stressed them. Judge not, lest ye be judged. To this day, I'm grateful. Judge Not has helped me in life in general and in my two vocations of social worker and pastor. 
This line of Jesus can go a long way to helping us live into our calling as children of God. And Paul in Romans wants to hit home Jesus' message. When Paul writes to the church at Rome, he is addressing a church he didn't help found, but cares deeply about. He's heard of their divisions between who eats meat and who eats only veggies. He's heard of their arguments over who is first and who is last. Paul urgently reminds the church that their disagreements can't hold a candle to their true purpose as God's followers. He implores, don't get distracted by these differences of opinion. Rather, fix your eyes on Jesus and whom he has called you to be. Focus on building up God's kingdom rather than tearing it into factions. How timely for us in 2020. We ourselves may not argue about meat versus veggie diets in church, or even whether to play soccer on Sunday anymore. But we have our own disagreements, like the color of the carpet, where the moderator sits in session meetings, what brand of coffee we drink, Philip, and who gets to use the dishwasher. Not to mention the theological and practical differences like homosexuality, abortion, evolution, the rights of women, baptism and communion practices, and where to spend our mission dollars. You name it, church folk, including pastors, can argue about it. And Paul's point is well made. None of these quibbling points are worth causing a break in fellowship in togetherness, in genuine communion, which is what God wants for the church. It's what most of the New Testament is written about, unity in Christ. Now, Paul doesn't mean we can't or shan't disagree, but that we mustn't allow our differences to cause permanent division. Paul stresses that any disagreement should be worked out in a spirit of love and grace, the same love and grace that God has so generously given us. We are to show compassion and respect for one another and avoid labeling people by their stance on an issue. Labels are harmful. Such labeling ultimately keeps us from seeing the person at all. The person becomes their stance on an issue. And when the person becomes faceless and nameless, we no longer feel compelled to treat them as our neighbor. With compassion, as Jesus instructed often, our compassion gets lost in the fray. I was pleased to learn yesterday that Notre Dame Medical School is focusing on compassion as one of their major teaching tenets. To train doctors and nurses and allied professionals 
to use compassion in their daily practice. Whether they're in a clinic, a medical office, in a hospital, or on the front line somewhere, they are to demonstrate compassion. And I know that not all medical schools have always focused on that. There's so much else to cram into the curriculum, but Notre Dame is taking a particular opportunity to stress compassion. And I hope other schools are as well. Paul reminds the church that we will have differences in belief and practice. We are human and we're all individuals. But he says we mustn't let our level, our feeling of rightness blind us to our complete dependence on God for forgiveness and grace. There's a humility that is necessary as we are in church together, as we are the church together. Paul reminds us in that beautiful passage, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Unfortunately, we might only hear this passage at memorial services and funerals where I will say it every time. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. There's really not room for question there, is there? It's clear we belong to God. As our catechism says, in life and in death, we belong to God. Straight out of the Bible. Judgment of others belongs only to God. God is the author and perfecter of our faith. We are not. We need to keep at front and center in our minds and hearts our utter dependence on God's grace and compassion. If we have that trajectory, we are less inclined to judge others for their beliefs, their practices. One of the highlights of ministry for me has been witnessing various people gathering in small groups of like-minded people in fellowship time particularly, such as a group of Democrats and a group of Republicans and a group of independents gather, but then everyone goes into worship together in a spirit of unity where we praise, confess, receive pardon, seek help, and engage with God's word together. We have our differences, and we like to talk about different things, especially in an election year, but we go to worship together. We are in worship together. And worship isn't just what we do in this sanctuary, it is what we do every day of our lives. We worship God, as Philip would say, out there. Gilbert Calarzo reminds us 
Gospel living is a constant challenge of the status quo of daily living. The invitation of church is not to engage individuals in debate or try to change them into what we are or think they should be, but rather to embrace all people as equals in Christ. This guy has a way with words. He says God calls us to live as a community that embraces all and sees all as equals, so that together our knees will bow before God. It's beautiful, really, that our hearts are in the right place as we worship the Lord. Not judgmental, but humbled before the grace of God. I remember once in seminary asking our Korean professors, professor, he was in charge of the Korean students coming into Bright to learn, and it was called the Korean Studies Program. And so our professor was telling us that the students would be arriving soon from San Francisco Theological Seminary, and we said, well, how can we help them feel welcome? And he said, smile at them in the hallway. It's that easy. When you greet someone with a smile, they feel included and they feel welcomed. They feel hospitality in the place. I thought that was important. Members of the church community will vary in background and in viewpoint. Some will struggle with change. Some will rejoice in newness. And others will coast. But all deserve respect and acceptance. The very first word of this passage sums up how we are to live in community. Did you notice what the very first word of this Romans 14 passage is? Welcome. Welcome. The church welcomes all because God has welcomed us first, and we aren't deserving of Christ's welcome. Gospel living will look differently from our daily living. Faith propels us to treat each other with dignity, respect, and grace, which are all gifts from God. That dignity, respect, and grace go a long way to helping welcome others. For me, it boils down to remembering that Christ is the head of the church. We should say it every time we gather, every time we meet as a committee or as a session, Christ is the head of the church. Because it's too easy for us to flip that and think we are the head of the church. Instead of church being viewed as your church or my church, the church belongs to God who commands us to honor all people. And Dorothy reminds us that the church is the people. God's call on our lives is the glue that binds us together to welcome the weak, to be tolerant of difference, to focus less on the splinter in the neighbor's eye and more on the log in our own eye, 
to celebrate God's eternal, everlasting arms outreach, love for all people, and to pursue peace and the building up of the body. Now, who could use a little more peace? And this we do all with God's help and never alone. Prayer time, mission, fellowship, worship, music, thank God for Dr. Brad, and creativity are all the building up of the body of Christ to the glory of God, to edify, to be welcoming, to love as Christ first loved us, to judge not, lest we be judged. Any questions? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us respond to God's word by standing as you are able, and all of us saying together the summary of the law found in Matthew 22. Our Lord Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen.
Thank you.